It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Hit the guys up at 405-651-3439 or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. I think offensively they're pretty much there. And then from a skill player perspective on offense, you know, I don't think it's a, it's a situation where they're not going to be able to run past people or separate or get open. But I don't think that side of the football really has any concerns. And, and that includes this upcoming season where you off two of your best players. So when I went and studied those guys and, and I see the athleticism of Tyler Guyton at right back, I'm like, ooh, buddy, if he stays healthy, he's going to be fun to watch this year. And, and Walter Roos, who's coming in from Stanford at left tackle, like he is a mammoth. Like those two are going to be solid. And then defensively, I think there's, there is a long way to go. I think there's a pretty big gap. And, and I'll say this, it's interesting right now in the SEC, Chris, I, I think that we, I think we're, we are pretty down as far as defensive linemen go, especially interior defensive linemen. It's, it's just not what it was five or six years ago. There's Cole Kublick. I think he was on with uh, Chris Plank talking yep. about uh, the transition for the University of Oklahoma into the Southeastern Conference and how are they set up, you know, on the roster, offensively, defensively, to make that transition. I agree with a lot of, of what he said. The problem is those two great tackles that he talked about are probably not going to be there <laughs> you know seriously um, if, if, if I, yeah yeah if, I mean, if, has Ga- a if really all goes according year, to plan for Guyton yeah for sure yeah so that's the not scary but you know just one of those things it's kind of the nature of it whenever you got really good players they're going to be gone you're going to have to constantly replace um, you know defensively agree got a ways to go um I, I kind of like our – we don't have great depth defensively. But our starting 11, I, I, I really like. I really like. I uh, think it's going to be pretty good. Um, we got some depth at edge. We've added some rotational Secondary, guys. safety. Uh, you got yeah, some. Safety. We do not have depth at inside backer. Um but all in all, I think I think our starting eleven defensively has a chance to be pretty good. We'll see. You know, it's it's about making the plays, right? Not not busting mentally, not missing tackles, not you know getting pass interference calls on deep balls, and 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 not being able to come up with making those plays. Uh, you got to go out and prove it. But personnel wise, feel like we're in a pretty good place. Now, one of the interesting things. What did you think about his his take on our skill position players? Well, you know, I was actually just about to bring that up and say, do we want to push back at all on, on that thought about how they're SEC ready? Um, I think that they, I think they have a great chance to be ready once twenty twenty four gets here. I don't know if they're ready right now. I think running back's pretty good. So I'm not going to lump the the entire playmakers into that. I'm obviously just talking about wide receiver. And when I look at wide receiver right now, 
I don't see that. Like if you're like, because what does SEC ready mean for at wide receiver? Well, I think that the overall level of corner is going to be better in the SEC. A little bit more of a physical league. Maybe they let you play a little bit more. So I would say right now I'd push back on that a little bit from Kublik, but. Obviously, a year can change a lot of things at wide receiver, especially with the young talent they have. I'd say no right now, but I'm not just going to say there's no way they're ready by 24. Like, we'll see who emerges this year. Will you commit to answering this next question I throw at you? Sure. Honestly? Yeah. Yes or no? Does Dylan Gabriel hold our receiver core back? Um... Does he hold the receiver core back? I think there is uh, over the middle of the field. That's a yes or no question. No, I know. I'm thinking about it. Okay. I think, yeah, when it comes to the middle of the field, I I think that there is some small truth to that. Yeah, sure. I don't think, like, down the field there is. Um, He missed some throws, but they obviously didn't help him out all the time last year. Yeah, there there is a circumstance over the middle of the field where, where he probably does. Okay. I'm I'm hoping that he was not the perfect quarterback last year. You know, we've seen some pretty close to perfect quarterback play here before. Um, you know, we we have a high standard and that's exactly how it should be. I I agree yes. Um, but I would also agree on the flip side of that that the wide receivers held Dylan Gabriel back a little bit as well last year. Sure. Um, so I think think that it kind of goes both ways a little bit. But my hope is that Dylan Gabriel is able to – I don't know. If you go six and seven, do you come in more nervous? Because my hope is that he kind of loosens up and just goes out and competes and lets it fly. But do you have a tendency to tighten up if you got a five-star that's right there that's, behind well, that's you? That's what I think it's more about. I think it's less about the six and seven than more about um, he, he saw firsthand what Jackson Arnold can do. Yeah, I think it's more about that if he tightens up for sure. But he's you got to expect him to go cut it loose, right? I mean, that's what he has to do. Go play free. Uh, let the ball go, connect over the middle, fit it into some tight windows, trust your receivers to go up and make some 50-50 catches. I mean, that's that's what he's going to have to do to get the most out of himself and the most out of this offense. And, you know, I, I, I guess I shouldn't say I expect him to do that, but I know that he knows he needs to do that. I know that the coaching staff is is preaching that. So hopefully we get a, a looser, freer-flowing Dylan Gabriel than we had last year. And I think, I hope, that he gets way more involved in the running game. And I think because of that, it helps generate some confidence in a quarterback. You're moving the chains. You're, you're really involved in what's happening, and I think it gives him confidence, and, and we do see him a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more free-flowing out there. Um, a few texts on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. I want to move on to something else interesting that Kublik said there. This from the 405, yes. Yes is in all caps, by the way. 
He holds the receiving core back. He is not good intermediate, and he misses crucial throws. 918 says, Gabriel better cut it loose because JFA is looking over his shoulder. Uh, 832 says, when are we going to stop blaming last year's seven losses on the quarterback when the defense has been trash for 15 years now? Well, hang on a second. There's no one blaming seven losses on the quarterback. All I said was, I asked a question, does Dylan Gabriel hold the wide receiver core back? That's it. That doesn't mean that that equates to seven losses a year ago. The defense was trash last year. You don't have to look very far to see that. I think everyone involved would agree. They couldn't tackle. They couldn't get lined up uh, often. They couldn't put pressure on the quarterback at times. Yeah. There's no, there's no one that's going to deny that. We're talking about the skill position guys, and to tie it in, I asked about Dylan Gabriel uh, and whether or not that held the skill position guys back. you got to listen to what we're saying here, man. Come on. Let's focus. Peyton says, remember when Mims dropped a couple wide-open touchdowns or when Gibson or Farouk dropped open passes? Yeah, unfortunately, I uh, I remember it all from last year. <laughs> That's the thing. We remember all the mistakes ago. whenever you go six and seven. They're all boy. indelible. Oh, boy. Um, so at the tail end of that, and at 5 o'clock you're going to hear, you know, a little bit more on why Kublik thinks or where how he thinks OU's got to get better defensively. But he was more talking about the SEC on the defensive line, and he said interior-wise on the D-line. The SEC is lacking, you know, unlike they were like five, seven years ago or something like that, which is interesting because I guess we're just kind of led to believe all the great interior defensive linemen are in the SEC. And maybe most of them are still in the SEC, but I found that interesting from Kublik that, yeah, I mean, this isn't five years ago in this league with D linemen. Well, it may not be, but it will be. You know, there's, there's, it's going to cycle a little bit. I mean, it's still the best there is in college football. I mean, five years ago, 2018, what was that set of freaks that Alabama had that year? Remember across the front? I, those guys yeah, were they had incredible. Quentin, they had Quentin Williams um, who halfway slipped and said Kyla Murray was overrated. Um, yeah, he yeah. was pretty good. Quentin Williams, they had uh, – Was he? who was the super tall one? Was that him? They had, they had like three guys on that defensive line at Alabama that year that all went really high. Um, was it Jonathan I, uh, or yes. whoever it yep. was? Uh, Jonathan Allen, I think, was his name, right? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, they were they were loaded. Um, it's going to come. I think the, that kid from Auburn was there around that time too. Um, it, they're they're going to be back. You know, it's. Um, you may not be come like off the top of your head talking about a bunch of, you know, first round defensive linemen that are coming back in the SEC this year, but they're going to be there. They're going to keep coming. It's it's going to come back around. But it was uh, interesting. I was I was yeah. kind of clued into that a little bit too. And here's the other part of that. As these offenses have become more and more alike and running the RPO stuff and the quick hitters to the outside and the and the you know the zone read and the quarterback run game and stuff like you got to be honest like that stuff at times takes defensive linemen out of the game 
Like yeah. when you're when you're throwing RPOs over and over and over, and throwing it to you know bubbles and and screens on the sideline and running perimeter plays, as they do in the SEC. Don't let anyone tell you that they don't. Everyone in the SEC runs almost the exact same uh, style of offense as what you're going to see with Oklahoma. No, I mean it, it's like in in five years' time, man. That conference has changed dramatically. I don't I don't know if the I don't know if there's been another conference that's changed. I guess the, the Big 12 changed quite a bit in that five-year uh, span. But, like, you look up now, LSU's got a really good offense. Bama's got a really good offense. Tennessee had an amazing offense last year, right? Arkansas's Arkansas. got an offense that's throwing around, doing some things. Ole Miss, of course. Mississippi State has. We'll see what they do moving forward. South Carolina's been doing some interesting things. So, it's Everyone not at A&M three is yards. What you're saying, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Everyone at, except A and M, the quarterback whisper, Jimbo Fisher, has uh, has figured out offense in that league. Yeah, that's funny. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's that's just kind of an interesting interesting way to look at it. Is you know, people aren't. Well, I guess people are dumb, but when you pay coaches a bunch of money, they're going to find ways and. They're not just going to continue to, to ram their head into gigantic defensive linemen in the interior of Alabama's uh, front seven. They're going to find ways to try and create some yards and, and separation elsewhere. And everyone does that. Alabama themselves do it. And, you know, it to, to some degree, and I'm not saying it eliminates the need for them, but if you can't tackle well on the perimeter and you can't stop the RPO and there's a really athletic quarterback that, that you're having trouble with, the interior defensive linemen become a much less part of what's going on. Um, by the way, I found something online regarding OU in Texas I thought I'd never see. Um, mm. OU is ranked in front of Texas in something. And it's on ESPN. College football future power rankings so i guess they're power ranking the next three seasons 23 24 and 25 and they use like um like past pedigree like track record recruiting and the transfer portal right so Mm -hmm. in the next three years using their formula they have georgia's the number one team in the next three years okay i don't think i'm gonna fight too hard about that bama of course is number two ohio state's three Michigan's four, LSU's five, but OU was 12 on the list, Ooh. and Texas was at uh, 15. Ooh, that stings. Yeah. Burns outside the top 10. I thought you were going to say we're finally ranked ahead of Texas in something, and it was going to be uh, bad college football teams ranked, and then like we would be ahead of them in that one. <laughs> well, that, that's um, coming up tomorrow on CBS, I'm, I'm sure. That's that's coming right. up tomorrow. Um, 12. Mm. Huh. Okay. I, I hope that's not the case. I mean, 12? the teams immediately next to you are like Oregon at 11, uh, Florida State at 10. I'll push back on that one a little bit. Uh, Utah at 13, Notre Dame at 14, and then Texas at 15. So kind of that group that you're surrounding yourself with there. Huh. Well, are, are you, with that Florida State reaction you had, are you suggesting that Florida State is a flash in the pan just because they got a good quarterback? I'm, I mean, 
are they even a flash in the pan? I, I'm, I'm kind of leaning more towards the overrated side with Florida State this anomaly. year. Anomaly? Last year was an and, anomaly? Well, I mean, even last year, they lost three consecutive games, right, in the ACC. I mean, I, I guess yeah. they would call that a good year, but I don't know. I think they're going to lose twice in September this year. I don't think that they're going to be a playoff team or win the ACC. And mm. after all these players they have graduate this year, I just, yeah, I'm not super confident that Florida State's going to, quote unquote, keep it rolling after this after this group leaves. Okay, that's a, I think that's fair. I think all those points are are valid. We'll see, because I don't know. Um, Florida State typically re- recruits pretty good. Um, I don't know what. Like really they haven't recently, though, man. In like the past six or seven years, I remember looking at their numbers right around the bowl game, and it was like Florida State is recruiting 18 and 19 and 20 and 14. Dude, it was like bad, bad, bad huh. for Florida State. Yeah, it was it was interesting. And I, I think that they're about to get back to recruiting at a high level, but, man, it had, it, it had been like five, six, seven years since they pulled in a like, top ten class, I want to say. You're right. Like last year's class, they were 19. Um, but I would expect off the success of last year's team, like that would be reflected in this year's recruiting class if, you know, if they're able to capitalize on it, which, you know, they're in the top 20 right now. They've got 11 commits, one five star, seven four stars. They're at 17, but like that's, you know, that's just okay. It's we'll Florida see if State, they, man. I mean, golly, I know. I know they've been inconsistent and bad, but so was Texas, and they still figure out a way to pull in top five classes. Like Florida State's one of those dream jobs when it comes to recruiting, and even though they've been up and down, mostly down, you think you would be able to recruit better than that, but I guess not. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I'm I'm just scanning through, and I know you know these well, but. I'm on the uh, 247 Sports team rankings page for recruiting right now. Georgia's one, Michigan's two. Um, both like Georgia has 19 commits, and Michigan has 22 commits. Yep. Uh, Notre Dame is at five with 20 commits, and like Georgia's high. They're at 293 uh, with their points, but Michigan is. They're just at 261 points. Like th- that class, I don't think is going to hold up very well for Michigan, right? As far as the overall rankings, um, I don't know, man. They got a beast of an offensive line class. Like uh, uh, may- maybe not, but Michigan got exactly like what they're all about. <laughs> They've, they're they're getting that up front on the uh, offensive line with this class. They're good. Hey, uh, Sooner Station is where I'm at. One bedroom floor plans, two bedroom floor plans. They've got it all, and they've got several of the one-bedroom and the two-bedroom floor plans. So check them out, SoonerStation.com, or give them a call, 405-454-8629. That's 405-454-8629. And you're hanging out at Westwood Golf today. Right. Yep, that's right. Westwood Golf course looks great. Got some guys out on the range, plus the swimming pool is open. Uh, recently redone the whole thing. Uh, they got kids' areas. they got big slides, high dives. Really, really cool. Recently remodeled. Come and see us. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. At Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman, we're feeling good. How good? Jumping into summer savings good. And the hottest selection in town good. 
Plus, it's Ram season, so we're giving you $13,500 off MSRP on the 2023 Ram 1500 Bighorn and $7,500 off 2023 Ram 2500s with four-wheel drive. So feel good and shop Landers Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Norman and LandersCDJRNorman.com. WAC, CD for details. You're simply the best. Exciting things are happening at Riverwind. Our newly remodeled gaming floor has nearly 3,000 of your favorite games. And two table game pits and three high stakes areas. Don't miss the celebration with our new beginnings and winnings giveaway. Play with your wild card all month for a chance to win your share of $80,000. It's time to come see an all new Riverwind. You're simply the best. Holy hail damage. Are you or your loved ones looking for a trustworthy and affordable roofing company after the storms? Look no further than Elite Roofing Systems, a sooner-born, sooner-bred, locally-owned roofing company. Elite Roofing has been helping homeowners and commercial property owners across the greater OKC area get beautiful, functional roofing systems at reasonable rates. Call Craig Cox and the team at Elite Roofing Systems today at 405-361-3094 for a free evaluation and estimate today. With custom signs and graphics from Fast Signs, you can say anything. Invite the world to discover that thing that makes your business unmistakably yours. Make your statement in lights or metal, on a van, across the windows. Make it unforgettable. Together, anything is possible. Bright ideas, brilliantly executed, can turn the mundane into the marvelous. Transforming your space begins at our place. Power your business visibility and make your statement with Fast Signs. Call Fast Signs at Norman, 405-701-2890. Whether you live in or visit Norman this summer, the City of Norman wants to encourage you to eat, shop, stay, and play local. Summer's heating up and so are the deals. Cool down at Heyday, Norman's only family entertainment center. Endless fun awaits. Mini golf, laser tag, rope scores, and revolutions for the 21 and up crowd. Plus daily specials. There is something for everyone at Heyday. Shop the International Pantry on West Lindsay Street, Oklahoma's kitchen destination since 1978. Offering cookware, cutlery, bakeware, barware, ethnic, and gourmet food. Coffee, tea, cooking classes, bridal, and gift registries. The International Pantry is a candy and toy store for those who love to cook and eat. Don't miss Wonder House Design and Consign, where Norman shops for all their window coverings, upholstery, fabric, custom pillows, wallpaper, and consignment needs. Wonder House Design and Consign, locally owned and operated, is your design dream. When you shop local, it stimulates the economy in our community and benefits local schools and nonprofits. So eat, shop, play, and stay in Norman this summer. Did you know there's a place where you can get good neighbor service and surprisingly great rates on home and auto insurance? Yep, and that place is, ta-da, State Farm. Here's the deal, State Farm agent Cindy Nasher is your go-to agent in Norman for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop shopping around. State Farm agent Cindy Nasher has you covered. Call 405-307-0500 for surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Individual premiums will vary by customer, all applicants subject to State Farm underwriting requirements. The new In Motion Clinic in Norman will work with each patient to take a holistic approach to health and wellness. Functional sports medicine physician Amanda Sadler, MD, is committed to spending time with each patient to help them achieve top-level energy, strength, endurance, and performance. She specializes in the treatment of gut health issues, hormonal health, immune system support, joint pain, fatigue, and thyroid dysfunction. To learn more about functional sports medicine or to schedule an appointment, call 405-515-4040. At In Motion, what moves you moves us.
Central Oklahoma Butte GMC dealers bringing you the sour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We got a fun Twitter poll up right now. Really a kind of a Twitter thread on our Twitter page at KREF Sports. What's the most iconic photo you can think of in OU football history? We'll go down that list at 5 p.m. and, and have some fun with that. But there's a lot of iconic photos in OU football history. What's the uh, what's the one that immediately comes to mind? We'll hit that at the five o'clock. The one you posted on that a whole lot more uh, on that page is a pretty good one. You've seen that before, right? Yeah, yep. yeah. Billy Sims running and Bob mm-hmm. Stoops leaping over trying to make a play. Billy Sims yep. just quote tweeted it with the uh, sunglasses emoji uh, smiling. Nice. So appreciate that. that that's appreciate that, one. Billy. Hey, um, speaking of the SEC, I've got like a handful of SEC coaches here. I'm just going to throw them at you one at a time. You tell me, like, what your gut feel is. Like, if they're going to get fired in two years, if they're going to be a massive success, if they're there long term, if they're going to end up taking another job in a few years, just kind of what immediately comes to mind. And I'll start with a guy that we're familiar with and that will be on the schedule in 2024, Shane Beamer at South Carolina. What What's your gut tell you on how that tenure is going to go? Man. That's such a it, – it's, it's an incredibly difficult job. He's got to play Clemson every year in the non-conference, obviously on top of, a, of an SEC slate that's, that's really difficult. they got a great fan base. Um, he's done really well improving the last couple of years. I mean, it was, it was tough when he took over that job just to find any footing, and what they've been able to accomplish is – unreal especially the no way doubt. they closed out last last season um can they find that type of consistency what has he gone eight and five the last cup last two years in a row did he did he not or sneak it... out a i think they lost in a bowl game right so i think they just ended up at eight but yeah obviously got that clemson and tennessee win last year which was huge right i think no i think it was um, seven maybe the first year i think seven with the five. bowl win the first year and then eight i think eight last year yeah yeah Definitely won eight last year, but I just I don't know what like, like getting to that next level is incredibly difficult. Going from you know eight and five, seven and six to like nine and three or ten and two is that's a tough leap, man. You've got to have a lot of things really work for you. Um, I don't know what his quarterback situation is after Spencer Rattler's gone. Um, I think Rattler's going to have a nice year. Um, I think I think he's matured a lot. I think he's learned that offense that I think is a little bit tougher than what he's used to uh, or was used to. I think he has a nice year, but I don't know what they've what they've got planned after well they got that. a five star they didn't get a five star quarterback but they got a five star Nick Harbor who's like a track star a do everything type oh, of player yeah, that dude's incredible. I don't know if I want to compare him to, like, Debo or anything like that, but he looks like he's going to be incredible. So, And here's the thing, man. Nowadays, you can find a quarterback in the portal, you know? And, I, I mean, technically yeah. he did. So I, I, I think well, um, I think he'll be there for a while. He's, he's not going to be fired there. He'll be good enough and competitive enough. Like he, I, I don't, He's not going to be fired. The question is, would he take an upgrade somewhere? Because, you know, he'd have to do something. He would have to, like, they'd have to go win 10 games this year or something and make a New Year's Six, which 
is going to be very, very difficult because, like, he's kind of – South Carolina is like one of those – it's almost like a purgatory job, you know? Um, you've got to put something really special together to gain enough steam to, to have consistency and be competitive at the top of the SEC. Maybe they can never get there um, out, outside of just one-off hot years. I just – what's the upgrade from that, though? Like they're kind of in like that next tier of upgrade is we're talking like top fifteen type of jobs, right? And yeah, for everything to work out for him to get one of those jobs, I just I don't know, man. It's it's hard to forecast. I think he, I think he's, he's going to be there be long term. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't think so. I wasn't going to ask this one, but Patrick put it on the uh, text line, and technically it will be an SEC coach. Um, here's Texas twenty four schedule, okay? At Michigan, at Arkansas, OU, of course. Florida and Georgia at home at Texas A&M. And we know that Texas has to play um, at Alabama and OU this year and all the expectations. What's it going to look like for Sark here? Um, Another tough one. That's interesting. Yeah. And I think, interesting. I think this, year could ha- this year could go a long way on what the answer is. It could. He... He almost certainly cannot survive another five and seven, six and six type of year. But the question is, is who's going to be the next hot name that that Texas fans fall in love with? Because that's what they're always after is the hot name. And if there's a I, I think the easy example right now is Garrett Riley, just because, you know, the, the run TCU went on last year. Now he's at Clemson. If if Clemson goes on a run and their offense is back to being superb and and that coincides with Texas taking a, a another, you know, really bad season, five and seven, six and six, like they may ditch him to go after the next hot thing. Yeah. Like, I think it's it, – so what I'm saying is, like, he'd have to have a bad year that coincides with, a, you know, the next prodigy type of football coach somewhere that's typically – He hasn't really had any long-term consistency. It's hard for me to say that Sark's going to be there in ten years based on the track record, or even five years for that matter, because ten years is a long time these days. Yeah. I, I, I don't think Sark's there in five years would be my guess. All right, um, I'm going to move quickly here. Next one, your uh, Furs Cafeteria buddy, Josh Heupel at Tennessee. What's it look like for him? Well, unfortunately, they had—I mean—they had a great year last year, and that's an awesome thing. But you woke up the beast in Tennessee, and I—it uh, can go the other way just as quickly. I'm not suggesting that's going to happen. It seems like they've really found something there. They've got a good. Um, pipeline of quarterbacks there. They got Milton. They got the uh, the Nico kid. Um, I, I he's going to be there in five years. Yeah. The problem is, coach is at Tennessee. Like, Long time coach at Tennessee. Yeah, you don't really. You don't really. There's not much of an upgrade from Tennessee, right? Yeah. Other than like, I mean, you, you Alabama, Ohio State type of uh, jobs, but. Tennessee would make it worth your time to not leave if you're doing that good. Yeah, I, I think uh, 
If he wa- I, I think, yes, he, if he's successful, he'll always be at Tennessee. They'll, they'll pay top dollar for Josh Heupel if that's what he mm-hmm. demands. Um, this is an interesting one. I was very – I wasn't sold on this one initially. i got to be honest. And my mind has changed a little bit. What about Brian Kelly at LSU? All he did last year was win the West. I, it, it's about consistency. I mean, that, that, I think that's why they brought him there is they wanted to, get, to kind of try and dial something in a little bit better than having the down years and then a big run-up. Um, I, I don't see him being gone in five years. I don't. I don't either. Could be wrong on that. I think he's, I think he's totally another wrong, guy that – I, I don't I mean maybe he wins a title at LSU. I mean geez, if Les and Ed O can do it, then Brian Kelly is definitely better coaches than both of those two guys. But I think the difference is is that he could finally bring LSU a level of consistency that frankly, dude, they've never had in their program's history. Right. Which you know, maybe consistency's like the most overrated asset of all time. Maybe. Uh, they haven't been consistent, but they've won a they've won a title in every decade. So, you know, it's like oh three oh seven. Mark Rick was consistent, what? and he got fired after a while. Never won a title. <laughs> That's right. That's what I'm saying. Is like maybe maybe you shouldn't be searching for consistency. But yeah, I think I think he'll be there long term. Uh, yeah. Last that one, is? I'll let you pick. I'll, okay. I'll let you pick between the two: uh, Billy Napier and Hugh Freeze, whichever one you want. <laughs> Um, Napier's, you, something's going to happen this year. It's it just has to. I mean, you, you got a brutal twenty four schedule. Oh my gosh! I know. Mm-hmm. I, it's it's so tough. They're in, he's in such a a difficult position. It's crazy though, man. Florida, come on. Um, I don't know, man. I that one I don't see him being there in five years. But I don't see Hugh Freeze being at Auburn in five years either. Well, maybe for a couple of reasons. <laughs> There's no yeah. telling what could happen. I mean, with, that's uh, definitely factored in. That's definitely factored in with Hugh Freeze. There is yeah. a wild St- card aspect, but not a good one. Yeah, pool is open here at Sooner Station. So SoonerStation.com, check out all their amenities. It's an awesome place. They've got a couple of TVs here. I was watching the uh, Pinstripe Bowl earlier between Minnesota and Syracuse. Mm. They had that replay on. Checking out some Tanner Morgan here at uh, Sooner Station back in the bar. So, again, SoonerStation.com right here in Norman. The Ref Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. At Lander Chevy Norman, we're feeling good. How good? Jumping into summer savings good. And the hottest selection in town good. Right now, take up to $82.50 off the new half-ton Silverado. Or up to $6,500 off and financing as low as 1.9%. Also, shop our large pre-owned selection backed by the Lander's Advantage. So feel good all summer long. And shop Lander Chevrolet of Norman and LanderChevroletNorman.com. Find new roads. Must finance with GM Financial. Congratulations to Oklahoma Sooner Softball for winning the 2023 National Championship. The pitch, swing and a miss. The Oklahoma Sooners are national champions. They mob Jordy Paul outside the circle. Dog pile Sooners. Dynasty mode activated. Championship number seven secured. 
unapologetic, undisputed, and in the end, undeniable. Thank you, Sooner Softball Seniors. Grace Green. There's a hard hit ball. Deep to right center field at the wall. It's gone! Grace Green, touch them all! Haley Lee. 3-1 is lifted deep to center field. A grand slam! A grand slam from Haley Lee! Touch them all, Haley Lee! Alex DeRocco. The pitch. Cold strike three right down Lindsay, hitting over and a fired up Alex DeRocco. Chest bumps Haley Lee. That is her 1,000th career strikeout. And the captain, Grace Lyons. The one to the Lions is lifted pretty deep to left field. Mudge has a beat on it, leaps, but it's gone! It's gone! G3 left the yard. The Sooners go back to back, and they've taken the lead in the top of the fifth inning on a two-run shot from the captain. Thank you for your part in giving head coach Patty Gasso her seventh national title. From the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. It's what caught Teddy's eye, brought to you by Yala Gosney Law. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer at Yala Gosney Law? Communication is a priority. Yala Gosney Law, 405-800-8080. That's 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is? Well, let's start right here. Florida is into the championship series after knocking off TCU. Uh, kind of one of the – we saw this a little bit last year with Oklahoma. Florida just red hot right now, right? One of the hottest teams coming in, and uh, they've continued that. Uh, good to see. SEC's already got one in. Yeah, I think they're only going to get one. Um, LSU's pitching staff is pretty stretched at this point. I don't know if they're going to be able to bring back Skeens in the uh, need to beat Wake Forest twice. So I think it's going to be Florida-Wake Forest in the championship series and give me Florida to win the title in three games. There's my uh, Omaha prediction for you that you didn't ask for. Okay, mm-hmm. keeping it with baseball. How about the Cincinnati Reds? 11-game win streak. They lead the NL Central right now, 40-35. and 35. Um, Got a chance to tie the longest streak they've had since 1957. 11-game winning streak right now for the Reds. How about this? Yeah, they've been, uh, they've been fun to watch this year. I love that I think the Cardinals are in uh, – Last place right now in that division. Yes, they are at 31 and 43. Let's go. I like that even more. How, but, but I got bad news for Reds fans. How can you be fans. in last if you've got the best fans in baseball? How does that That's happen? That's true. Well, maybe, Teddy, when the, during the postseason when everyone else is playing, they'll go door-to-door and tell everyone how they're the best fans in baseball. Maybe they'll have plenty of time to do so. Reds fans, I'm happy for you. However, uh, your winning streak is about to come to an end. Uh, in fact, you're going to have three consecutive losses beginning on Friday because my Atlanta Braves and Ronald Acuna Jr. are probably going to go in there to Great American Ballpark and destroy you. So, sorry, bad time to play the Braves. All right, last one I've got. I'm sticking with baseball. Sorry. Did you see the play at the plate with the White Sox and the Rangers? Uh, Jonah Hine was at the plate for the Rangers, yeah. Yeah. Um, go ahead, run. Called for uh, interference. 
on replay, it's absolutely clear he's not blocking home plate. But they re- how do they replay it, Tyler? This is where I need you to explain it to me. It I goes can't. to replay, and on the replay, they rule it catcher interference. Something about where his foot started at the beginning of the – dude, I, I, I have no idea. I, I've watched it about ten times, and I still don't understand. Jonah Heim doesn't understand. I don't think the Rangers understand. I don't really think anyone truly understands how that got ruled the way that yeah. it did last night. That was pretty bad. Um, uh, Bochi took him 15 minutes to get out there to argue with the uh, ump, and he didn't even get the first sentence out before he was tossed. <laughs> but I, that was crazy. And I, I thought, well, surely on review you can get this thing right. And, no, in fact, they can't. That was crazy. That's all I've got. All right, I got a few. First, here is a headline from the New York Post today, about a couple hours ago. Psychologist believes Titanic subcrew is likely experiencing mood swings. There's a psychologist, Teddy, that believes the people still trapped in the sub, if they're still alive, hopefully they are, they're likely experiencing mood swings after all this time. Mood swings? That was a real headline. Yeah. That was a headline in the New York Post today. Understatement of the year. Uh, if I was stuck in a barrel uh, several hundred feet below the surface of the ocean, slowly running out of oxygen, with no contact to the, uh, the rest of the world, I, I would say uh, mood swings is a soft way of calling uh, – of of labeling psychotic episodes. Can you imagine? They've probably already killed each other down there. <laughs> you know? I, yeah, I probably it. shouldn't laugh at that, but, yeah, that's it's, there's no uh, – five people there, that's awful situation. God, it's awful. Uh, five people, and I'm – that thing doesn't look like it's got a restroom quarters in it. Um, I'm guessing they weren't planning on going down for four or five days or whatever. Uh, so food, starving, scared, adrenaline, like, uh, I can't imagine what they're going through. Mood swings is probably the least of their worries. So um, this is a crazy story. An assistant bowling coach at Stephen F. Austin has resigned after getting caught in an affair with a player. Now, he's an assistant bowling coach. His wife is the head coach. Here's what the husband said after being fired. Quotes, I knew it was kind of a no-no, but there's not a rule saying it can't happen. There's not a law saying I'm going to jail for doing something like this. There's nothing in stone. I guess it's just an ethics code, like we frown upon it. But there's no rule, there's no law broken, In quotes. Sounds very remorseful. Hey, um, I admire people that can take a bad situation and look find the sunny side find the bright side of it and remain positive moving forward and that may be one of the best examples i've ever seen of it amazing uh yeah joey mcguire he climbed a remember his quote last year we're gonna beat oklahoma and we're gonna knock that end zone down right after well they're still doing construction on jones at&t stadium and i guess he issued out a challenge like hey how many retweets would it take for you to climb to the top of one of those cranes at the stadium 
He gave out a number. They crushed that number. So I guess yesterday, and I am definitely scared of heights. I can't do it. I don't know how he did. Joey McGuire, Tech's head coach, climbed to the top of that crane yesterday. Oh, no thank wow. you. No chance. That reminds me, reminds me of a story. Um, my linebacker coach at Detroit, Phil Snow, was the uh, D.C. at Baylor for a while. He's still – I don't know if he went with um, uh, Rule to Nebraska or not. But anyways, he coached Arizona State whenever Pat Tillman was there. And he said Pat Tillman would go out to the, the stadium – and climb to the top of the light poles and, Jeez. like, take a nap up there at the top of where <laughs> the little walkway is on the light poles. Is that incredible or what? Yeah, yeah, that's that's something. Uh, it's definitely incredible <laughs> for sure. Uh, I got two more. Uh, first, congratulations to Ethan Downs, one, for getting married, but two, for using NIL to his advantage for a really cool thing. Uh, for his flower arrangements at his wedding, he's basically doing a trade with a, I think it's a floral shop. So he's doing nice. trade, NIL trade, yeah, at his wedding, which is awesome. Congrats to Ethan. Last thing, um, I'm going to a concert tonight, and you tell me on a scale of one being the lamest concert you've ever heard, ten being the coolest concert you've ever heard, where this one ranks. Wallflowers will be opening. One headlight, they sing that song. If you like right. the 90s, you know that song. Mm-hmm. Matchbox 20 is the uh, main band on stage tonight at the Zoo Amp. Where is that on the uh, 1 to 10 scale of concerts? It's not bad. It's a it's a 5. It's okay. an average right concert. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. And if I saw I I know I obviously know the name Matchbox 20, but none of their song I know they've got some good oh, songs that had some hits. 3 a.m.? You've heard 3 a.m. before, Real yeah, World? Yeah, I know I've heard them. I just can't. They're all not coming to, to mind right away. Mm. Now, um, the Wallflyers just have the one song. One hit left. Yeah, that's so I'm hoping I just show up in time for that song, and then it's Matchbox 20, song, uh, Matchbox 20 time, but we'll see. Probably not going to happen you that th- way. You think they? You think they understand that, and they just go out there. They play maybe a cover, and then play their one hit, and that's it. Or do they? Dude, just play one headlight play? like six times while everyone's filing in. That's all we want, right? Just do that. Yeah, that's it. That's all they need. Uh, uh, is station that, is that? And that's Bob Dylan's son, isn't it? Uh, Wallflowers, maybe. I don't know. I think it I is. I don't know the answer to that. I'll, I'll Google that for you. Uh, what's going on over there at Westwood Golf? As I'm at uh, Suter Station. We got folks teeing off. Looks like a big money game. Uh, we got some guys out practicing on the range, guys and gals. We got some some guys on the uh, the practice green, the chipping area with a little coaching going on, and then the pool. Sun's out. Uh, a lot of people hanging out at the pool. They recently uh, rebuilt that whole structure. They've got cool stuff for the kiddos, little splash areas for the for the really young kids. They've got some big slides. They've got high dives. Really, really cool stuff. Come see us here at Westwood. We'll be back. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Central Oklahoma View of GMC Dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Thank you, text line. Uh, I did not know that the Wallflowers backed out. They're not performing tonight. Hmm. Interesting. Well, hey, well, maybe we'll just uh, get this thing just started play at 730. Just the song on the way over there. Yeah, maybe we'll get started at 7.30 with Matchbox 20, get in and get out of there. How old do I sound now? It's a Wednesday night. Well, the, I, Let's go. 
I'm sure they're going to um, – someone probably local will fill in for the uh, for the opening act, I'm sure, won't they? Reba McIntyre, you think, is going to be there tonight? <laughs> Reba and Matchbox 20. That sounds like a DVD exclusive coming out soon. <laughs> you know, going on tour. Uh, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a very interesting T-shirt at the merch stand that uh, that I'm gonna be able to buy somewhere. Um, I don't know if you guys made fun of this last week, and I'm trying to find the exact tweet. Uh, did you you guys talk last week about Anwar Richardson of Orange Bloods? The tweet that he had basically saying, um, <laughs> "Guys, I've just heard in the off season that Quinn Ewers is." He's killing it. Here it is. I was told Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers continues to kill it this offseason. One source described Ewers as shredded after seeing him recently and said the quarterback has a six-pack. In addition, Ewers currently weighs 210 pounds. He was listed at 204 during the spring game. So breaking news there, Teddy. Uh, a college kid has a six-pack and is shredded. If if you are a member of a Division One football program, you're over six foot tall and 210 pounds, and you don't have a six pack. You got problems. Something's going on. There's an issue there. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's cringeworthy. All right, final hour of the rush coming up. Hanging out at Westwood today. Come and see us. I'm inside at the Turn Grill. Tyler's there at Sooner Station. We'll be back. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app.